0: Hello and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. This is Chad Russell, co-host with Kurt Sauter of Further Storm Ministries, and we are a show for men by men. We talk about stuff from a dude's perspective. We cover all the bases in life. We like to cover any area of a life that, you know, guys are part of. You're a man, you're a husband, you're a father. Some of you are, and some of you are single, and you're just out in the work field and trying to make your way around life. And we just like to talk to different men and, and see the story that God is writing in their life. And uh, today we get the, its not too often that we get a—and I say this, you know, people throw this word around—a world-class athlete. In fact, let me let me give you a little snippet of this world-class athlete here, one second.
1: Here they go, they're out. And it's a clean start for once, and we're going. Baker looked like he might have had to jump on teeters, but it's very close. I think it's Baker that's gonna take it. He gives the number one sign over the finish line and just edges teeters. And that, my friends, is a fast, fast mark. 6.51, one of the fastest times ever. Ties four, we'll get it in there.
0: So one of the fastest runners in the world, right? The guy was the line. I think he tied it. We'll we'll get it from Ronnie here. He knows. He'll let us know. That maybe was the sixth fastest time in history of the 60 meter. And so we're going to talk fast today because our guy, (laughs) he's fast. And we're going to hear about the story that not just running on a track, but there's life outside of the track. And that not only was he running on a track, but God was running with him. Outside of track and field, and we're going to hear a story today from world-class runner Ronnie Baker. So here
1: we are,
2: Ronnie. You're, you grew up in Louisville, Kentucky. You go to Ballard High School, and uh, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm, it's a pleasure to be here. Seriously, your old
2: basketball coach. I bump him, uh, bump into him, uh, Chris Renner, at church, and he goes, "You, you got to interview Ronnie Baker." <laughs> and I go, oh, "Who's Ronnie Baker?" Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not up into the track, uh, track and field world. Uh, right. But you you are now a professional uh sprinter. You travel the world and you um I, I'm at, that's that's uh you, your last uh meet was where?
1: My last meet was actually in uh it was in Belgium. Uh I actually have been to Belgium uh before that. Uh, I wasn't even professional at the time. I had taken a vacation there. And so uh Is that right. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool being back in the in that same place and being able to go and stand in some of the spots that I had stood in about four years ago and like it was kind of nostalgic it was awesome
2: so how did you do at that at that last race?
1: um I got second at that race um it was that was one of the rougher races for me um but i I had to you know learn from that I think it was it was a big learning experience um I ended up getting second run 993 which is pretty good under 10 under 10 seconds. I don't think I could drive that quick <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Ronnie, talk talk to our listeners about. Okay, so you, I mean, you started running in uh, in high school.
1: I uh, actually, I was running track in middle school. I I was doing a, a lot of cross country. I think when I was in elementary school, I did cross country from about third grade all the way through eighth grade of middle school. But I started running track in seventh grade.
2: And, and were you running sprints then?
1: I was running sprints. Yep, I was okay. running sprints in seventh grade.
2: So did, I, I mean, all the when did you
1: realize, like, these legs can really move? <laughs> Man, it's funny. I um, Now that you were reminding me of when I started track, uh, the same track that I won my first race at, which was um, back in middle school. Uh, we were running at male high school. I run my first 100-meter race there when I was in seventh grade. Okay. And the story of, of how or when I started to realize that I could run a little bit actually happened at Mill High School, my junior year at Ballard. Um, Really, we were going in, and it was uh, kind of a competition between which 4x1 team was going to run faster that day. It was Ballard and Mill. And uh, there had something was going on with our guy that was starting the race, and he didn't end up starting it. So we kind of just were out of the race. We didn't get to run that day, uh, the 4x1. And so ever since then, I was kind of a little upset about it. And so I think I tried a little harder that day (laughs) on the 100, the 200, and the four hundred. And I actually ended up running PRs in uh, all of those meets. I actually have pictures from that from that day. Is that right? And um, yeah, I have pictures from that day. No, was that a uh, was that like a co- regional competition? It, it actually was just a it was just a it was just a meet. A dual, it wasn't, dual meet. Yeah, just a dual meet. There was no regionals. Nothing. Nothing really important was happening that day. Um, but I remember I ran. It's funny, I ran ten nine that day, which was, at the time, no one had run 10 seconds it was, and, in Louisville. And I remember they announced it over the, over the loudspeaker, and we were all in the infield, all the team, and we just were going nuts. We were jumping around and running around and going crazy for my ten nine. 9 So, uh, yeah, that was kind of the day that I, I realized <laughs> that I might be able to do something in this sport. So,
2: so and then later that year,
1: what happened? Later that year, I won two uh, titles, two state titles, um, one in the 400 and one in the 100 that year, um, which I didn't think that was going to happen. I mean, going back to the point at mail, there's, I was not even thinking about a state title at that point, but ended up winning two that year.
2: So when you won the 100 that year, what did you what did you run?
1: A 10 what? I think I ran a most like I think I ran like a 10.8 or 10.9. It was one of those in in the first year. It was kind of blurry, but it was around that time, and then the next year, the next year I ran. I'm pretty sure I ran. I think I ran about the same time. I remember my um, the PR that I ran in high school was 10 five, and that was at a summer meet. That was after my senior year of high school, though. Okay. Um, but I think I ran. I think I ran around a, a 10 eight higher, 10 nine in that state title.
2: And you a, So then in your senior year, you won again.
1: Right. Right, I ran. I ran around the same time in that race as well,
2: and and also the two hundred. Did you
1: win the Did you win the state title in the two hundred your senior year too? I did not. That was the. That's the race that I didn't. I didn't win any state titles in. Was the two hundred, um, and that's always been the race that's kind of plagued me. <laughs> I, I can't. I don't know why. I cannot figure that race out. But um, I'll. I'll get it. I'll get it down. It's just really. I haven't run it a lot of times, and so. I just have to kind of figure out how to manage it and, and how to run it efficiently.
2: Yeah, you, you were telling Chad and myself uh, before the show started, you know, there's you know, there's this strategy and, you know, I'm kind of just watching you guys like, don't you just, just run as yeah. fast as you can? But there's a real <laughs> technique and strategy and uh, flow to the whole thing.
1: Yeah, there really is. I mean, there's there's a lot of different things that go into running the 100, running the 200. Um, and a lot of people don't understand it, they're like, man you just you just go and run <laughs> um but yeah, there's definitely a lot of a strategy and 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 um we even watch film and all kinds of things just to figure out uh, what we need to change and what we need to work on and uh there's there's like a lot of phases that go into running the hundred and two hundred efficiently
2: okay so uh, you're you're finishing up high school and you're being recruited by i mean big yeah, schools. You, schools you mentioned Ohio State UCLA or Arizona State and then and your mom goes no Ronnie yeah. you're, go, <laughs> you're gonna go somewhere else yeah right. <laughs> I mean
1: I was really into basketball was my first love so I feel like I watched a lot of basketball and we're talking like we're watching the Dukes the North Carolinas like those big schools uh and you, I think you
2: didn't you didn't mention Kentucky though. And,
1: uh, yeah I didn't mention <laughs> Kentucky uh go cards gotta say that I love the Cardinals um but yeah, I was I was into basketball, and I would watch all those teams, and I was like, okay, those are the schools that I kind of want to go to, just because those are the ones that I was being exposed to. And so um, my mom was, we were in the recruiting process, and my mom's like, well, you should you should take a visit to TCU, and I said, mom, what what is TCU? I was like, is that Tennessee? <laughs> is that? And uh, no, she goes to Texas Christian, and I was like, I don't want to go there. I was like immediately, I was like, I don't I don't know that place. I don't want to go there. Um, and it's funny because. Uh, she was like well you know you should probably take a look into it and I just kept I kept fighting her on it and she's like well no you're going because they called me and said they want to offer you a full scholarship so we're (laughs) taking that visit. Um, So I ended up uh, going out there for my first visit. I I really fell in love with it. I did take two more visits uh, to Ohio State and UCLA but I knew that when I left the campus at TCU that was where I was supposed to be.
2: And then okay so then you started winning I mean you started running your, your freshman year and you won your first national title when you were
1: what? what I was I was a junior. That were, was when I first won my, my first national title. You won at your
2: ATC. first national title, and what was it in? The end?
1: It was in the sixty meter dash, um, indoors. Uh, I remember we were at Arkansas, and um, that year it was the competition was pretty stiff. Two of the guys that I know um, were running really really fast at the time. Um, it's crazy because they actually got DQ'd in that race, um, <laughs> which is crazy. And I ended up I ended up winning that year in six fifty two, um, and I was I was six real-
2: seconds at .52 yeah. in the sixty meters.
1: Yes, I ran I ran six fifty two in the sixty meters of my junior year to win the national title, and uh, I was I was kind of shocked. Really, I th- I didn't think I was going to win it, but because
2: it, in your sophomore year, um, did did you place?
1: I actually, I wasn't at the national meet uh, for the 60 in my sophomore year. I actually was running, we just went for a four by four that year. Um, And so I wasn't even running the 60 my sophomore year very competitively. I was running the 400 a lot. Because I initially, when I got to TCU, I got recruited for the 400. And then as time went on, I kind of somehow got more foot speed, which Usually doesn't make sense because usually you start at the hundred and then you slow in the hundred, you go to the two, you slow in the two, you go to the four, you slow in the four, you go to the eight, and you keep going up until you're doing distance. And so, but you you went reverse, right? I went reverse, so I was running a lot of four hundreds in the beginning of my career, uh, college career, and then my junior year is kind of when I stepped down into the sprints and got really serious about that. And that's when I started to run the sixty a lot more and ended up winning a national title there.
2: And and so then and then you turn right around your senior year. And you win another national title. Yep,
1: I won another national title. That one was really close, and uh, I ran 6:47, which was actually at the time the collegiate record. And uh, I was, I mean, I was super excited about that, running the collegiate record, winning another national title, actually breaking my school record. So it was, it was a big day for me. That's
0: pretty cool. Well, we're going to be
1: back in the next couple of few segments talking to Ronnie about
0: life on the track, but also life off the track. Because not only, again, was there a race going on on the track, there was one going off of it in his spiritual life. So we're going to hear more about uh, the life on and off the track field with world-class runner Ronnie Baker. When we take a break, we'll be back shortly on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. Chad Russell, Kurt Satter, we are here today with world class runner Ronnie Baker, and uh, if you want to hear all these in their in- entirety, this this if you missed the last segment and you want to hear that, you can go to SoundCloud, iTunes, Facebook, and just type in Solid Steps Radio. Uh, so we're here with a world class runner, but if your bank is really giving you problems, you need to run over to Ellinand Credit Union. I, not not bad. <laughs> See, I That's came up scary. with that not... about thirty seconds ago. and <laughs> <laughs> Credit Union—they are a local lender. And like Ronnie, they are local, and they uh, they will help you with your money, whether it is personal, commercial. Uh, you need to take a mortgage, a second mortgage, credit cards, uh, you name it. Your banking needs, L&N Credit Union, they will take care of you. And also Vision First Eye Care. Uh, they've been around, again, a Louisville-based company, and they've been around for way too long. Dr. Rolla will probably tell you, what, 30 years, 40 years. They've been around a long time. So Vision First Eye Care they are the official Eye Care sponsors and uh, help us here on the show for uh, for Solid Steps Radio.
2: So okay, so Ronnie, uh, you you went two national titles. You also mentioned, um, I think briefly or in the break, you you were on the four x hundred, and uh, that year it uh, was that your
1: junior year or senior senior year. That was my that was my junior year. My and, junior. Year. And you guys got what? We got second at the NCAA championships in the four x one. Um, we had a, a really good team. My, my roommate, Sam Watts, was great. Uh, Cam Looper and, and Colby Listenby all went to TCU. Um, and so we had – it was two football players and two track guys uh, on that really? team. Really? Yep. They and played football too. Yeah, Yeah. our first leg, Cam Looper played football, and uh, Colby Listonby, our last leg, played football as receiver at TCU. So um, it was a cool mix of guys <laughs> with lots of different personalities, uh, and we ended up getting second that year.
2: So, okay, then, then – at what point in time are you thinking? Are you, are you even aware of the becoming a professional? When did you, when did that your eyes be opened like becoming a professional? Like I could do this for a living, you know, and run.
1: I, I think that came in my junior year, um, and it was even before I had won that first national title. I think that um, I I just been thinking about it, uh, what I could do because I was I was doing pretty well. Uh, my first two years in college, um, nothing spectacular. I hadn't won any national championships or, or run anything really, really fast. But uh, I just thought about, you know, what could I do with this with track and field? And I just started to think maybe I could do this professionally. Maybe I could compete at the at a, at a world-class level. And even before I'd won that, that national title, I, I feel like sometimes I was kind of struggling in school. I had a really hard major, so kinesiology was it definitely was was challenging at TCU. Could you um, define what kinesiology is the study of? It's it's the study of really the human body and, and movement and um, so that's that's what I was really into. So just talking, it talks about muscles and bones and all kinds of stuff and just really being help me being be in tune with my body as far as track and field goes. So that was really cool. Um, but I think that I I, I kind of was struggling a little bit. In, in school. I was taking like chemistry and physics and biology. I remember one point I was taking chemistry and physics at the same time. And um, those are definitely not my strong suits in high school. <laughs> and uh, you're
2: praying a lot for help. Right, all right. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I
1: really was. And so um, it got to the point where at one, po- one point I had to, I had to drop a chemistry class and I was like, you know what, I, I really, really like uh, kinesiology, but I'm gonna change my path as far as what I wanna do. And so I changed from pre-PT to health fitness. Um, it kind of lightened my load, but it was kind of that decision um, that really kind of changed my focus and changed my mind on what I could possibly do with track, and I was like, well, I'm gonna lighten my load a little bit in the class and work a little bit harder on the track, and ever since then, I was like, well, if I'm gonna do this, I'm I'm definitely gonna have to work a little bit harder out there on the track, and I, I think I would started to do that, and ever since then, making that decision, I knew that I could potentially be at the next level as far as professional. Levels.
2: Was that your junior year?
1: That was my junior year. Yep. Yeah.
2: Okay. So, um, talk to our uh, before we talk about you know your pro career. Um, talk about some training. I mean, I you know I, I mean I kind of look at. My my wife and I were watching you on YouTube when you won at London uh, this yeah. uh, this year, and um, she's going, "Holy cow! Like he's like a stud. <laughs> 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 I mean, he's got he's built. He's got you know. Um, yeah. I mean, you 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 don't just run. Right. You do a whole boatload of a lot of different things.
1: Right. Talk
2: I'm, to talk to our listeners. About
1: I'm doing that. I'm doing a lot more this year. I think that um, my first two years, uh, I was just trying to kind of learn what I was supposed to be doing as far as the transition from college to professional. And it's it's really, it's really hard and it's a lot more work. I feel like I'm doing kind of the same workouts as far as what I was doing um, in college, but the intensity is just so much higher and I feel like the sense of urgency is just so much higher because mm-hmm. in college you have so many races to kind of get ready um, for those national championships. I mean, you're going to meets every week, you're running about three races every weekend and you've got 12 races on your schedule, so you multiply 12 by three, and you have all those races to kind of get in shape for the national championships. But with um, with professional, you're training a lot more. So you're kind of picking which meets you wanna go to, and you might only run, say, nine to 10 races a year. And that's- So like this this year, you, you've run nine to 10 races. I, I ran 13 races outdoors, which is, a lot for most people. Um, so I ran a, a pretty hefty season as far as the amount of races. A lot of pro people aren't they're not even running some of them aren't even running 10 in a year. So and that's that's one hundred meter race. So like I'm I ran thirteen hundred meter races and that's all you get. So I feel like it's a lot more mental preparation. You're training a lot harder in between because you have to get on that line and be ready to run fast. You don't get you know, three or four races, three or four weeks to kind of build up. Um, It's all it's all or nothing. So I think that was kind of the biggest transition. But uh, the training is just a lot more intense. Uh, I lift four times a week instead of two or three I was doing in college. And um, just the level and the level of strength that I've kind of gotten in the last two years um, has really been monumental to kind of my success in my first 2 years of my career.
2: Yeah, you were talking in, in between the break about, you know, really I mean your shoulders, your core, your biceps, your, I mean just your pecs, I mean all of that. You I mean you are and, and and because you don't you don't want to be doing what when
1: you're running. Oh, you you don't want to have too much wasted movement, you don't want to be wavering, so I feel like uh, I I have a really developed upper body and it helps me kind of like to hold my position when I'm running. Um, and I think that that changed a lot for me, just the strength level that I have um, in my upper body, my lower body, everything, really. I went from weighing about 175 and racing at 175 in college to, like, 185 now, and so I think that just my strength level has been able to help me um, maintain position and form and all of those things a lot better um, while I'm racing in the 100. So
2: um, when you are... When you're training, like how, how many hours a day?
1: Yeah. So, like I said, I'm doing a lot more. I feel like the first two years, I was just trying to get in the groove of things, and so I was practicing at 11 o'clock um, with my coach on the track. So we're usually, I usually get out there around 10:30, do a good 30 minute warm up. My coach comes out at 11 o'clock. We do our running session. Running sessions usually an hour or less because we're just in and out. The workouts are really short, but they're really fast. So. Um, after that, I'm usually right in the weight room and I would lift for about an hour there and I'd be done for the day. Um, now this year,
2: now that was in college. That was, that was actually
1: my first year out of college. Okay. First, first two years out of college. But now I, I kind of do, I do a lot more. So I'm doing the practice at 11 o'clock, about an hour finished. I take a break and then I do, um, I do a whole core session with one of the guys that used to go to TCU um, he's actually a physical therapist, so he can help me in that aspect, too. But he, he walks me through a bunch of core exercises and core strengthening. And then after that, I have lunch, and then I lift around uh, 2.30, 3 o'clock, and later in that day. So I'm really going from about 9.30 all the way to about 4.30 every single day now.
2: So uh, and, and you mentioned earlier, I mean, you're doing a boatload of stretching.
1: Oh, yeah, tons of stretching tons of stretching. I feel like the biggest thing uh, with people is they feel like when you when you start to put on a lot of weight, you start to lose speed because you're getting bigger. Um, I think that the one trade off to that is mobility and functionality of the joints. Um, and, th- and this goes back to my kinesiology degree and, and being really in tune with my body, but knowing that um, the mobility and stretching and all of those things have to be incorporated into the lifting in order to keep my range of motion because I'm getting a lot bigger and that's going to help me to maintain my speed.
2: Yeah, um, I mean you cuz you talked about it. Hey, we, you know, the whole the hamstrings. I mean, you know, you, and that was an injury that you had um yeah. earlier.
1: Right. I uh, that was I had a hamstring injury in 2017, which was the year that um I was uh, that was my that was my I think that was my second season or first actually my first season out of college. And I was really Kind of geared up to be on that world championship team in that year, and I strained my hamstring in the first round of the U.S. trials, and it was really devastating for me. I I definitely kind of questioned whether I would whether I should be competing at that level because I had tried out for the 2015 uh, world team, the 2016 Olympic team, and now I was at the 2017 trials and didn't make it, um, and I felt like that was my year to be on that outdoor team and so after that that kind of weekend I was I really contemplated and was just really thinking like am I supposed to be here um and that was really tough for me uh I, I after that after that race I didn't really want to do any more of the season I was like well I'm just going to hang my spikes up and get ready for next season uh but my coach was someone who who motivated me and was like hey you know this is just a beginning for you like this is a learning experience and I really it really took me a while to kind of Come, I guess, grasp that learning experience and realize kind of what God was taking me through and what He was trying to teach me in that moment. Um, really, a lot of patience. Um, and so, uh, I also believe that sometimes we're not we're not ready to be at at certain levels, and I think that uh, God has to take us through certain things in order for us in order for him to get us where he wants us so that we can handle that's good. Um, those things.
0: Yeah, that's good
1: stuff. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a
0: break, and Ronnie hit on that, that sometimes things do not go like we plan, but God has a plan. And we're going to hear more about Ronnie's story here in the next couple segments. Thank you for listening, too. We'll be back shortly for the next third segment of Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our third segment of Solid Steps Radio. Chad Russell, Kurt Souter, along with world-class runner, sprinter Ronnie Baker. And if your septic tank is not working well, you're going to be sprinting <laughs> out of that bathroom <laughs> trying to find some help. And you need to call Frank Enterprises. They help anybody if you have septic tank issues, if you got water drainage issues, if it's not going where it's supposed to go, water. Frank Enterprises can take care of that. And also Bright Star Home Care. They help people in some of the most toughest situations in life when you've got a loved one who cannot take care of themselves. Whether it's they need help once once a week or they need 24-7 care, Bright Star Home Care helps walk through that uh, that journey with you. So that we thank them for sponsoring our show. And and, uh, and we, last segment we was hearing about uh, he ran 13 races this past year, right?
2: Yeah, in, be- in between the break, Ronnie, you said you ran – Oh, no! You did say in the last, last segment, segment yep. thirteen yeah. races all over the world. You you were in, in. You won in Oregon uh, of, of the of the thirteen races. How many did you win?
1: I won ten of the thirteen last year, which is uh, ten, pretty only, special.
2: O- only, <laughs> only ten. 10? Right? Oh, only on, are ten. Come on, you kidding? You didn't win all thirteen? Ah uh,
1: man. <laughs> you know it happens. Yeah. It's a part of the sport. You
2: went okay. So uh, so describe to our listeners. You won in London right you uh, won in rome
1: One in rome
2: you won in oregon
1: oregon and the last one at paris you won in paris and poland
2: you won in poland what, uh, krakow warsaw yes that's in, what it was in krakow
1: yep i was there that it, it, that was really special to me too because that that place was uh the the track was brand new it was it was really beautiful out there and so that was that had to be one of my one of my favorites of the year too Okay, just because so, of the place.
2: Okay, so yeah, and it's a beautiful city. I've been yeah. there. It is a beautiful, beautiful city. It is. So okay, you you win ten out of thirteen. Uh, uh, the the folks that you're competing, you're competing against Olympians. Uh, you know, almost all through the line, uh, they've all run the Olympics or. Um, a, a is that right?
1: Lot, yeah, a lot of them have been in the Olympics or World Championships. And the cool thing about it is, there it's not just Americans. It's it's guys from all over the world. Um, representing all kinds of different countries so that's that's what's really cool is just being able to kind of compete against people that are not in the same place as you which is awesome
2: yeah that is pretty cool so the other three races that you didn't win what did you get
1: i got second in all those races yeah
2: so you either got first or second Second. in all 13 races yes
0: (laughs) chad that's not bad (laughs) no that's that's pretty that's what you call consistency right
2: (laughs) And in in uh, your favorite race, or the, the race that you, you set your uh, – you, you were actually, for a big
1: hunk of this year, you had the fastest
2: time in the world. Right,
1: correct. And I, what
2: was that – what did you run?
1: I ran, uh, I ran 987 in, in Poland, actually. Um, that was my PR. I actually had a lot of PRs last year. I, I had personal records, which is well, – that's what PR stands for. Personal records, I had about five of them in the season last year
2: you just kept getting a little bit better yeah
1: I just kept getting a little bit better and better every single time I stepped on the track um but my favorite one had to be in Eugene um and that was the Nike meet so that was really cool and it's it's awesome because I that was the second year I had been to that meet and that's the second year I won it in a row so next year I'm trying to uh, (laughs) 3 with that race so and, and, and that race, you ran what, nine? I ran 9.77 in that race, which was really, really fast.
2: Which is, <laughs> and that's your personal best.
1: Yeah, that, that would be my personal best. It, it technically doesn't count because of the wind. I had too much wind behind me. So if the if the wind is over two meters per second, then it, it counts, but it doesn't count as like an official personal best. Okay. Yeah.
2: So, okay, so in you uh, a bolt who has won numerous golds um you're just a just a whisker behind him yeah what what uh, you know what do you think of him and how how are you going to beat his record Oh, how are you gonna? How are you gonna? Uh, now he's not running anymore, is that he, right? He's not.
1: He retired uh, uh, last year in 2017 after the world championship.
2: And you've never really run against him.
1: No, I never got to oh, run that's against a, him. Oh wow, it's, it's kind of a bummer. Yeah, I've, I, I've always wanted to line up against him. He's honestly the greatest um, track and field athlete that we've we've ever seen that anyone's ever seen. And so I hold him uh, really high as far as just standards. And I've never met him either, but. Um, He's, he's a legend. He's a legend as far as track and field goes. He kind of did everything. He won nine gold medals and set numerous world records in both in the four by one, the 100 and the 200 um, and did it multiple times and was very consistent with that. So um, I definitely see him as kind of the I guess the Michael Jordan of track and field, uh, and hey, so, you noticed he said that instead of LeBron. Thank you, right?
2: <laughs> exactly,
1: exactly. Um, so yeah, uh, he he's done everything, and I think that um, his record has been around. It's been around for almost what ten years now. He set that that hundred meter record in two thousand nine. Hmm. So they they do say that every ten years, um, a, a, another you know special athlete comes around. So it's about about that time I'm talking about world championships next So
2: year. so you think um, as you're training as you're, you you if if you stay healthy and that, that's a big I mean that's a I mean you got to work your tail off right. just to train and stretch and you know all those things what um you, you're looking for the Olympics in 20
1: 2020 2020 yeah. this this upcoming year is the world championships though and it's in 20 it's next year in 2019 it's in October 2019 Um, so kind of preparing for that also while looking toward, looking forward to the 2020 Olympics, but really trying to focus on getting this medal in the 2019 world championships. Um, but yeah, the ultimate goal is to be on that 2020 Olympic team in uh, in Tokyo.
2: Wow. Ronnie, um, you shared with us, our listeners, Hebrews chapter 12, you've, you've kind of, after you won, I think after you won uh, the national title, I think it was, you used this verse, uh, let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. Is, when, did, when
1: did you share that? I actually shared that uh, with, I shared it on Instagram, and it was in college uh, with, I think it was the year that, it was my junior year, actually, when our four-by-one team was competing and we had gotten second. It was the day, be, or the day before the race. I had shared a picture of us with that, uh, with that scripture underneath it, um, and it, it just it, it fits perfectly. <laughs> so, yeah, it really does.
2: T- tell us about your faith journey. You grew up. Uh, your mom loves the Lord. Um, talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, my mom uh, really instilled in me, my brother, and sister. Um, who, who Jesus Christ was. And I think that I grew up in faith. I grew up in the church, um, ever since I was young, we were there every Sunday, sometimes Wednesdays. Um, so I definitely had a good solid foundation as far as knowing who Christ was or who Christ is. And, um, really my mom was the person that kind of was the example for me as far as really knowing Jesus Christ.
2: And then, um, when did that really take root in your heart when it became your your faith became your own?
1: Yeah, my, my faith really started to become my own. I think recently, um, I think after college was really when I started to kinda own my faith. Now I, you
2: were you were baptized when you, you, you publicly professed Christ mm-hmm. when you were how old?
1: It was I was uh, pretty young. I think I was uh, in 8th grade. Uh so I was in middle school, okay. just about to go to high school. Uh and that's when I that's when I got baptized. I think that for me at that point I I knew kind of what I was doing, but was I all in in it? I don't think so. And so I felt like it was something that I did maybe i saw kind of people doing it and i was like okay maybe i should get baptized you know i think i was uh a little naive when i was younger but uh, i think that i really started to own my faith kind of after college more recently in these last this last year um is really when i started to come into that and really start to, to to know christ on a personal level
2: yeah, and and you really, and then you started really getting anchored into a you know a good solid church in Fort Worth.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the House Fort Worth uh, church is amazing. Um, I got introduced to it through through a friend by another friend. So <laughs> I was working out at TCU, um, and one of one of the girls that worked there her names Ariana. Uh, she does weight training for some of the teams there. And, you know, I would be in there lifting and she would just kind of talk to me, just ask me how I was doing. And um, one day we got to talking about faith and uh, I was just talking about how I felt kind of lonely at that time because I wasn't training with the TCU team, but I was still on TCU's campus. And I felt like the people that were around me, a lot of them didn't have the same goals as me as far as what, did I, what I wanted to do in the, in the track and field. Like, uh, I, want, I want to be, one of the best track and field athletes to ever step foot on track. And I just felt like a lot of the guys that I was around didn't have kind of the same goals and dreams and aspirations as me. And I got to talking to her about that, and she then introduced me to one of her friends. Um, his name's Kavar Shepherd. Has a great story. He played basketball at TCU. And he introduced me to the church. And ever since I've been going there, um, my life has, has really changed, and I've really started to tune in to who I am, who Jesus is, and really, my faith has grown tremendously, really, in the last eight months that I've been at the House Fort Worth, um, and so it, I, it's, I'm really lost for words at how, how great um, it, well, and how it, happy I am in, in my it, life. I
2: family. mean, what you're talking about, it, it really describes the importance of being a
0: part of a local church that preaches and teaches Jesus Christ and teaches the Bible. I mean. So we're going to take a break, come back in our fourth and final segment. And during the break, which, by the way, if you want to hear the in-between in stuff, go to our Facebook page, and we uh, live video the show when we tape it. So if you want to hear the in-between, all the real exciting things that happen in-between segments, which is a bunch of guys sitting around looking at their phones, uh, you, <laughs> you can go uh, and go to our Facebook page and do that. But in the next segment, we're going to talk more about, because in one of those breaks, Ronnie said, you know, it's funny, God teaches you a lot of things in, in, in your trials versus when you're when you're succeeding. So we're going to hear more about how that happened and, and how he is learning more about who God is and who he is in Christ through everything on and off the track field. So we're going to take a break. We'll be back shortly on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our fourth and final segment. This time has flown by. <laughs> As in... Fast sprinting, flown just, by. You Never you mind. Just, if you don't, just, if you haven't listened to the first three segments, that was it has, not yeah. only was that a bad joke, you really don't get that one. But uh, <laughs> our, our first three segments, we were talking with world class track athlete Ronnie Baker. And if you missed any of this, man, shame on you. But if you want to hear it in its entirety, go to Facebook, SoundCloud, or iTunes, and just type in Solid Steps Radio, and you can hear this in its entirety, commercial free. Thanks to our great sponsors like Dan Hart Financial. If you are having problems with your finances and you want to go the distance. Right? See, right. Nice. long distance is <laughs> nice. another track running metaphor. <laughs> um. You, you, Ronnie, do you see, see, <laughs> see the goofballness in this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You definitely can see it. So, anyway, Dan Hart Financial, he is a financial pr- uh, planner. And if you say, hey, what am I going to do with this retirement? What am I going to do in retirement in two years, five years, ten years? Dan Hart can sit down with you and do a free analysis and say, hey, wh- this is what you need to do to retire and for your future. And also, again, l and Credit Union, local lender who helps everybody in the community with their finances.
2: So Okay, so, Ronnie, you, you had 13 races this last year. You won 10 of them. Mm-hmm. The other three, you got second. Right. But you mentioned in the break. Break. You know, it's really when you don't win that God can many times teach us more about ourselves, mm-hmm. more about Him. T- talk about that with our listeners.
1: Uh, I think I've learned a lot with with the races that I've lost, and I only lo- I lost three races this year. Uh, and I feel that God really grows us in those moments. At those moments that seem tough or seem like Oh man, I shouldn't be here. Or, or you feel kind of disappointed. I feel like those are the times that that God grows us. And I feel like without without pain, without struggle, without you know adversity, there is no growth. Um, th- that goes with anything. You know, when you when you want to get a bigger chest, you go to, you go to the gym, you <laughs> bench press, you get sore. That's pain. Then you grow. Um, and so I think that even in those moments where I lost, God. Taught me uh, so so many things, um, and and one of them, one of the biggest things this year was just being grateful, um, being grateful for where I was at, what I was doing, um, and also um, being grateful and knowing that God has a plan for me, um, even when I do lose, and that He still loves me even when I do lose. I feel like a lot of athletes they struggle with their kind of identity, mm. and they, they attach their identity to their performances, and they attach their identity to how they, how they do at these competitions, and I think that for me, I had to really grow and learn that I am not the person I am based on how I perform. I'm the person I am because I give all of who I am as far as the gift that God's given me, um, and really it's just to be just to be pleasing in his eyes i do my best and i give my best and god loves me for that not for if i get first or if i get second or if i get third
2: you're you're really describing our identity is not in so much what we do our identity is who we are in christ, christ yes and you know he lives in you by the power of the holy spirit and you are now the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. Right. You are a new creation in Christ. Mm-hmm. The old has gone, the new has come, and that's who you are. Yes, you are a world-class athlete, and yes, you won 10 out of 13 races, yeah. but um, you, you you went into one race, and you were really hoping that you um, would break the world record. Mm-hmm. Talk to our listeners just real quickly what, what happened.
1: Yeah, so uh, I've talked about this before, actually on another podcast, but um, I this was earlier indoor season. I, I had, had aspirations and goals to break the world record. Um, I was at the USA Championships in Albuquerque, New Mexico, um, was super excited about it, uh, wanted to make my first uh, USA team as far as the indoors goes, and... Um, I think me and my coach have been talking about what I could potentially do as far as breaking the world record in the 60, um, in that final, I ended up getting second, um, to a guy that broke the world record, um, while I was in that race. I think you
2: you were supposed to, yeah, yeah. I was like, well, (laughs) man, that was supposed to be me.
1: (laughs) And, um, I think that that was a big, that was a big learning experience for me because, um, at that time I hadn't, I hadn't found the church at that time and, um, I think that after I found the church and was in the church for a while, um, God began to speak to me, mm. and I I looked back on that moment and realized that sometimes uh, God has to grow us and He has to grow us through the experience, an experience like that, so that when I do get to that point where I maybe break the world record or something, I can handle that. Like maybe I don't get a big head because I. I broke the world record or maybe I was doing it for the, I was doing it for the wrong reasons or to be seen. And so God had to humble me and say, you know, this is bigger than you. Mm -hmm. And I think that in that moment I had to learn to be grateful for what I had and not compare my, my journey to someone else's and say, well, that should have been me. Um, and had to realize that God was using, it was doing something in that person's life and maybe using him to touch someone. Um, instead of me being in that position. And so uh, I think that that was huge for me this year and really learning to be grateful for what God's given me and and knowing that he has a plan for me and my plan is not uh, the plan of someone else's. I mean, in that race,
2: you said you got third best in the world all time.
1: Yep. Is that right? Yeah, I was a third, a third in history. Best. Yeah,
0: Third
2: in the history of all
0: time. So that race, you were the third fastest, but the guy who won it broke the record. Yes. That's kind of like in Secretariat, won the Triple Crown. The horse that came in second broke the track records, but nobody remembers that horse. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think
2: it was a sham, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, um, but God, God was... Grooming you, mm-hmm. continuing to prepare you—not just physically, not just on the field—but he was also preparing your heart. Yeah, he was—he was changing the way you think about things. He, to be grateful at all things, even when you got second place.
1: Right. Yeah, I think um, that was that was one of the big lessons for me this year, which is being grateful for with what I had and what I do have at the moment. And I think that God really he can't bless us if we're not grateful, if we're not grateful for what he's already given us, he's not gonna give us more. (laughs) Mm. Um, Because I feel like even when we do get more, we're still gonna look at it and say, well, it's not enough. Mm. And so I think that in me being more grateful and being okay with what I have and and really thanking God for that, uh, I have been tremendously blessed this year. Um, Not only in track, but in my finances and really all aspects of my life, just more peace, more happiness. Um, And so in in being grateful, I got those things in return.
2: Yeah, I I think there's a reason why the Bible says you know, that we're to be grateful in all things, to Mm -hmm. give thanks in all All, circumstances. And that's what he's teaching you. And uh, I think that's what he's teaching all of us guys. Uh, For us guys to walk with him in, in the good and the bad, I think that's why Paul says, I have learned the secret to be content, whether I'm winning the race or whether mm-hmm. I'm getting second or whatever.
0: I'm learning the secret of being content. So you said on a break, uh, Ronnie, that, or maybe during the last segment, he says, "I learn more through losing than winning." When you lose, when you lost those three races, were those consecutive losses, or did you spread those spread out? They they were uh, they were spread out. Okay, so when you when you lose. What's a f- what's what do you do when you lose? When you when you realize the guy hit the tape first. From that point on, what do you say to yourself? How do you handle it mentally and what do you do to prepare for the next time to say okay,
1: how am I going to learn from this? Right. I think that I was in those moments before I would just really be upset. I feel like it was more of uh, a thing where I kind of saw in my head me winning and then when it didn't happen, I was like, "Oh, well, you know, I was just really and not not angry, but kind of annoyed, you know, like, <laughs> man, like, but, but I should have won that.
2: But it, but it probably drove you a little bit more to practice more, to aggressively more train in a rigorous way. Is yeah. That, is that
1: fair to say? Definitely. I think that uh, losing definitely brings motivation. Uh, when you want to be the greatest in anything, you you have to, one, you have to self-motivate. But when you get beat, uh, it's just another level of motivation. and because you beat him in the last room. I mean, yeah, we we well, I've beaten the guys before and then it's like you get there and you, you just you have a bad one and uh I think it's huge motivation. Um but also I've I've learned like a lot. Like, I think God's taught me a lot in those in those losses. Um really I think one of them is kind of just to be humble because I I I've, I've always been a humble guy. Um but I feel like at times when you're winning so much you kind of there's something in your head where you, you just you kind of think that you're un, you're untouchable at some point, and I I think that I kind of at, at one point in the season I'd kind of gotten to that point where I was just like, man, I've won, I've I'm winning right now, and I don't feel like anyone can beat me, and I feel like I went into the some of the races kind of with that mindset, and God was like, hold on a second, like <laughs> let me <laughs> let me humble you really quickly, and so um, I think that. In those races, I kind of learned that, um, you know, I've got to I've got to still keep my composure in myself and within me, and it's and not do it, you know, so that I can be seen or that um, mm. I had to realize that the this track, the track, and this and my career is is so much bigger than than me. It's not it's not about me. Uh, it's really about having. People see the gift that God's given me, um, and me displaying that, and and really, I guess, kind of, uh, I want, I, I just want people to see God's hand on my life, not so much see me as the main focus. Okay. Um, and I, well, I think I mean, that's huge.
2: And what you're describing is you want to bring glory and honor to the lord jesus yes yeah uh ronnie our time is up but i want to just say a huge thank you thanks for coming in and sharing your story would you pray for us guys just real quickly that we would be men who run with
1: perseverance for the lord all right pray for us yes um dear heavenly father i just want to come to you uh thanking you for this radio show thank you for allowing me to be here um i pray that each and every person that hears this Um, would continue to take a step in faith with you Mm -hmm. um, and really just cling on to you and have faith that what you're doing in their life is um, exactly what they need. And I pray that we would run with perseverance and be with you in every aspect of our life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ronnie. Amen.
0: Well, we're going to be cheering for Ronnie in the 2020 Olympics. So you say we heard of him first, right? This is where he he started his journey and he's been running that race. And he said that he gets his upper body bigger so he doesn't wobble in the race. Well, that sounds a lot like us. We need to be practicing and, and, and taking that race so we don't start wobbling. And his focus is where it needs to be and, and, and as all of us should be Is on Jesus Christ So we take a, uh, thank you and thank you for listening And we'll be back next time on Solid Steps Radio